Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. Today's message is entitled, uh, The Spirit Says... and it is based off of Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. That's Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Let us dive into the Word today. Our scripture reading today is from Romans chapter 8 verses 12 through 17. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for this word. Here's the good news. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you put your trust in him, you have been adopted as one of God's children. And that makes all of us heirs to God's kingdom. However, to whom much is given, much is required. I'm homie the clown. Y'all ready to have some fun? Yeah! All right, what y'all want me to do first? Oh, hi, homie. What? Do a silly clown dance for us. Oh. Yeah! Degrade myself, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> homie, don't play that. bust my skull open and have my blood and brains ooze out on the carpet so you can get a couple of cheap laughs, huh? I don't think so. (laughs) Homie, don't play that. (laughs) What else? Can we smash the cream pie in your face like you're doing the clowns and stuff? Yeah! I think you got it backwards, son. How do you feel about yourself? 
totally dissed, homie. That's why homie don't play that. All right, how about a magic trick? Yeah! yeah! Who got a dollar? I do, homie. Here you go, homie. All right, I fold it once. Ooh. Twice. Ah. Now it's gone. Ta-da! Kids. Homie may be a clown, but he don't make a fool out of himself. Why you become a clown, dear? I guess it's because I got so much love to give. And it's part of my prison work release program. So I got about five more years of this clown crap. Cartoon time! Y'all pay special attention because this one has a certain message to it. Ooh. Once upon a time, homie the clown went to a fancy white restaurant. Shea Whitey was the name. As always, homie gets a hassled by the man. He tells him that a tie is required in order to eat in this establishment. So homie says, Man, get them ties out of my face before I kick you. But unfortunately, Monsieur Snowflake didn't quite hear homie correctly. So homie had no choice but to keep his word. The end. So what have we learned, if nothing else, children? the homie the clown song. Yeah! yeah! Repeat after me. Homie the clown. Homie the clown. Don't mess around. Don't mess around. Even though the man. Even though the man. Try to keep him down. Try to keep him down. One day homie will break all the chains. Then he'll fly away. But until that day, homie don't play. I said repeat after me. Good. Well, made homie smile after all. Happy birthday, kid. I'm not sure how many of you used to watch In Loving In Living Color on Fox. That was a. Uh, in Living Color was a sketch comedy show, much like Saturday Night Live, uh, starring a predominantly black cast, uh, in particular the Waynes family, including Keenan Ivory Waynes, um, Kim Waynes, Sean Waynes, Damon Waynes, and of course uh, Marlon Waynes, uh, as well as others such as Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Lopez was on there as, as one of the dance girls, uh, Rosie Perez was a choreographer on the show. And you had Tommy Davidson and David Allen Greer, to name a few. I loved the show uh, as a kid uh, just because I found it funny and, and the likes of uh, the Waynes brothers and uh, 
and uh, Jim Carrey, of course. Uh, there, it was never short of, of uh, amazing, any of the acts that I saw them do. Uh, but as I grew older, I, I, I grew to love the show even more because whether I realized it or not, it taught me, no matter how, in a subtle, how much of it, of it was in a subtle way, it taught me at least a, a scratch on the surface of the, of the, his, of the uh, black experience in this country. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's look at today's uh, sketch um, about Homie, the Cl Homie D. Clown. Homie D. Clown. And um, as a kid, Homie's specific uh, use of language and his references would have passed right over me. I wouldn't have thought twice about them. Uh, which is what makes a character like Homie dangerous to parents, right? Like that the humor is just enough to go over the kid over the kids' heads, but not enough to go over the parents' heads, which then make the parents project what they're thinking onto their kids, and it becomes a whole scary situation. And uh, I'm looking at a, a parent right now who hopefully will affirm what I'm saying. Yes, I see a sh I see a nod over there. <laughs> From parents, from parents to parents, we know what we're talking about. We have our kids watch shows, and then something inevitably gets said, and you're like, <gasps> and of course your child doesn't even know that that was said, but you do. Anyway, I love the show because it really gave me a sense of reality that I wasn't accustomed to. Uh, I didn't have or or wasn't around the use of, of the language that sometimes was on it. Um, his references certainly would, wouldn't have uh, made any sense to me in my context because I wasn't living the black experience in rural white Sussex County, New Jersey. So I saw, so what I saw was a clown who was annoyed by rather childish kids. That's it. That's, that's what I saw. Perhaps that is all you saw, too. However, a closer examination showed something else. First, we noticed that Homie's objections have only to do with things that degrade him as a human being. So he wasn't going to entertain being degraded, whether it be by a kid watching him trip on a banana peel or be it by a kid wanting to toss cream pies in his face. Why is this? Well, why do such things bother homie? Well, he didn't really say anything that he specifically did to get into trouble, but we do know that that is really kind of besides the point. It doesn't matter why he's in trouble. It matters that he's in trouble. Blacks disproportionately face incarceration and criminalization in this country, and it doesn't matter if he was caught stealing bubblegum or he was caught stealing a car the chances are that he would be incarcerated for what he did at a rate that white people don't experience. And people will say, well, yeah, but if you look at the statistics, there are more white people than black people in jail, and that's true because more white people in this country, or more people in this country are white and less are black, but if you look at it proportionately, there's by far more black people in prison than white people by proportion. 
So yeah, being estimated a fool of himself, uh, coming from Homie's background, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to Homie. What we know is more than enough. We know he's just another jailed brother, and the only way out of the cell was through degrading himself as Homie D. Clown, which, of course, he has to announce by law that he is a part of the, uh, the pr- prisoner uh, work release program. And you have to let everybody know that that's what you're a part of so that they know that you're serving your time, that they know you're getting your punishment. It's just another further degradation and dehumanization of homie. Not sounding so funny anymore, is he? Now to the kids, he's still just some silly cartoonish guy who likes to tell jokes and be funny. And that's how most kids would see a clown. Homie's perspective is the opposite. He has too long played the fool for the man, also known as the government. And he ain't ever going to play the fool again. Nope, the clown says, homie don't play that. While seeing the Holy Spirit in light of homie D. Clown doesn't entirely fit for a number of obvious reasons, there is enough of a connection that I felt it was an entertaining and worthwhile enough analogy. For far too long, the Holy Spirit has been treated with less significance than the other two-thirds of the Trinity. Yet that is biblically and doctrinally false. Our Christian creeds teach us that The three persons of the Trinity are all unique personalities and at the same time are completely of the same substance, meaning that none of the three persons of the Trinity can be seen as less or more than any less or more God than any other. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are equally God, and there could not be God apart from the Father, the Son, and And the Holy Spirit. That is who God has revealed God's self to be. We can all acknowledge that it is hard to fully grasp the Christian Godhead. Absolutely. And if someone tells you it isn't hard to grasp, question them. Like kids, like the kids in the sketch, we can try to understand the Holy Spirit by grasping what he does. We can try to holy, understand the Holy Spirit just as the, clown, the kids tried to understand Homie the Clown. For instance, clowns make funny faces. They also slip on banana peels and other th- things. And they get cream pies thrown in their faces at best on a good day. However, those things aren't what make homie the type of clown he is. Not at all. Homie was at one time like every one of those kids at the birthday party, looking wide-eyed with excitement at what fun the party would be. Except that, as he grew up, Homie realized that his reality 
didn't afford him the same life it afforded others. And just look at the makeup of that birthday party. You had a couple black kids, you had some white kids. Those white kids are going to have far more opportunity than those black kids at that birthday party. Why? Simply because of the color of their skin. So what Homie didn't realize when he was their age, he certainly realized as he stood there before them, a clown. Homie realized that his reality didn't afford him the same life it afforded others. He didn't make it to college. He, his path led him to the streets, to prison, to a criminal record. Homie knows people want a fun-loving, less-than-human, laughing clown to cheer him up. But what they don't know is, homie don't play that. Like homie, if we reduce the Holy Spirit down to a specific function, we don't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If, I, if you just reduce Todd down to being a pastor, you don't know the real Todd any more than anybody else does. Because I'm not just a pastor. If we reduce the Holy Spirit down to a specific function, we don't have the full Holy Spirit. For instance, we may have a companion. However, is that all the Holy Spirit is? What about the advocate and protector who sustains the Christian life? What about the comforter? The fact is that the Holy Spirit is more than a job or a function. However, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us. And it is that reality that will help us to know what the Holy Spirit plays as well as what the Spirit don't play. Let's follow the sketch and see what Scripture says that the Spirit don't play. The Spirit don't play favorites. The Spirit don't play excuses. The Spirit don't make fun. The Spirit don't tear down. I know I'm killing all of those grammar people out there by using don't. Don't in a sentence that is grammatically incorrect. I've waited my entire life to do this. To do this to all... Only kidding. Okay, back to what the, the Spirit doesn't do. The Spirit don't tear down what we do know about the spirit is that jesus was sending the holy spirit as our advocate and our helper the spirit is linked to both the father and the son inseparably linked you can see this in passages such as 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 5, Matthew chapter 18 or chapter 28 verse 19. We also know that the Holy Spirit has transformative power. The Holy Spirit empowers us to minister to others through prophecy, through healing, witnessing, preaching, and the other gifts of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us the foretaste of the future. The Holy Spirit gives us the foretaste of the future. 
It is the Holy Spirit that works sanctification into our lives, perfecting us in God's love. The Holy Spirit enters into anyone who is open to God's guidance and to those who become heirs to God's glory, to Christ's glory. However, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. If we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Brother Paul's words on what kinship with God means is very insightful, actually. To share in God's glory means to share in Christ's suffering. How could that be? Our very asking that question betrays our sinfulness, doesn't it? We ask, how could it be? How could it be that I have to suffer? And yet that we ask that question betrays it. We think we are entitled to avoid suffering since Christ suffered. However, to truly be akin to Christ, one must be akin to his or her, uh, or, excuse me, one must be akin to Christ's self-sacrificial love as well. That doesn't mean we throw ourselves needlessly at harm, but what it does mean is that we will follow Christ in putting others before we put ourselves. Think about that. Think about what a world that would be if just Christ's followers alone did that. This is what the Reverend Dietrich Bonhoeffer opened his book, The Cost of Discipleship, with. And I'm going to read it to you. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is without discipleship, is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ, living and incarnate. Costly grace is the treasure hidden in the field. For the, sake of it, for the sake of it, a man will gladly go and sell all that he has. It is the pearl of great price to buy, which the merchant will sell all his goods. It is the kingly rule of Christ, for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble. It is the call of Jesus Christ, at which the disciple leaves his nets and follows him. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door which a man must knock upon. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life. It is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it costs God the life of his son. Ye were bought at a price, and what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is 
the incarnation of God. I'll end with that last sentence again. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. What Bonhoeffer was articulating was exactly what Paul wrote in our scripture today. God's grace is free. And one is free to accept it and share it and share in God's glory. But make no mistake, it will cost you. In order to share in Christ's glory, one must share in Christ's suffering. No pain, no gain. And in order to be in relationship with Christ, one must be in relationship with the Father as well as the Spirit. One cannot just be in relationship with one-third of the Trinity. One can only be in relationship with all of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let me ask this to you. Have you found yourself called to serve Christ? Have you found yourself called to serve God? And if you have, do you either have no clue what you're called to do? Or you know what your calling is and you're just afraid to answer it. Which of those is it? That you know what you're called to do, but you're too afraid to answer it? Or that you're not sure what you're called to do and you're waiting for God to reveal it? There's no wrong answer, so long as we're being honest with who we are and where we are. Regardless, the Holy Spirit says, and this is to both of those questions, regardless of what your answer is, the Holy Spirit says, I don't think so. The Spirit don't play that. I am the Spirit of the Most High God. I hovered over the edge of the deep. I have filled the upper rooms of houses and the inner chambers of hearts, of human hearts. I, God, the Holy Spirit, know my plan for you and will guide you there. No matter what your demographical makeup is, your congregation is called to serve your local community. And it is called to make disciples of those in your local community as well. Now, we may be thinking, or at least some of us, but we're too old. Or that's why we need more younger families. The Holy Spirit says, I don't think so. The Spirit don't play that. We may be thinking, but God, that's the pastor's job. Or I have other things I need to do. The Holy Spirit says, I don't think so. The Spirit don't play that. We may be thinking, but Lord, I am not worthy. I'm just human. Or, I'm not any good at that. The Holy Spirit says, oh, stop it. Spirit, don't play that. Let's be truthful. We have a lot of excuses as to why we can't put the work in. In fact, it's less that we can't put the work in and more that we won't put the work in. 
Furthermore, biblical truth reveals that all people called by God have had such excuses, but the Holy Spirit don't do such excuses. Jeremiah said, but Lord, I'm too young. God said, I'll form the words in your mouth, no worries. Uh, Moses said, Lord, what will I say? I'll give you the words, but I don't speak well. Great, I'm sending Aaron along to speak for you. Throughout scripture, there have been people who have told God no along the way, and yet they end up serving God. Why? Because the Spirit don't play that. The Spirit has chosen you, has chosen us all. The Holy Spirit doesn't do excuses. The Spirit points us in the direction of God, in the direction that God knows we can go. And we only make excuses to deny our call out of fear. Each attempt at denial, each willingness to settle for the self-fulfillment comfort club, each push toward apathetic complacency leads us to holy rebuke. Spirit, don't play that. God created us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God created us, and we were created in God's image. Are we saying that God can't do through us what God wants to do? Is that what we're saying? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the holy mystery is the one true God. And we are called to be united in that triune God. There is no room for excuses or for cheap grace. The Spirit don't play that. Justice, mercy, humility, discipleship, the Spirit plays that. And we are being challenged to as well. So how is the Spirit calling you to serve? I hope that you'll reflect on this. I hope that you'll email us at newtonumc07860 at gmail.com or bring in your answer on June 6th and place it in the prayer basket if you're coming in person and, uh, and we will acknowledge what we receive. Um, so I hope that it, either you bring it in person next week uh, when you come uh, or you email it to newtonumc07860. But friends... Let us open ourselves up to the wholeness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and be moved by God to do the work of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you and praise you for this challenging message. We thank you for... Um, opening our hearts to what it is that you have designed for us, what our purpose is in your plan. Lord, help us to be a, a part of, of what it is you're doing. Help us to play the part that you have given us and help us, Lord, to, to grow and, and to accept uh, the responsibilities with which you have assigned us with, uh, with patience, with understanding, and with eagerness to bring the good news of your love to all people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.